Hello and welcome to Safe Travels. I am your host, Damian. The Safe Travel Show is about finding expert advice so that you can enjoy worry-free travel. Are you a Disney fan or are you planning a trip to Disney or as we work our way through coronavirus, are you thinking about planning a trip to Disney? If so, today's show is for you. You will learn all about the Disney Park reopening plan, including the dates, the safety measures that they will take, and what will be open and closed. We will be joined by Kevin Galuli, who is the resident Disney expert at Traveling Dad. That's part of the Traveling Mom Network. Kevin has been doing Disney for 40 years, so he knows what is going on. In fact, he is such a Disney expert that he was able to direct a friend on where to move and stand to watch the fireworks show, all by text message. That's a lot of insight. Kevin also has some general planning tips for Disney trips that are very helpful, including common mistakes that people make and how to avoid them. Show notes will be available. You can visit our Twitter feed at Safe Travels FM for links to that. Please enjoy this short conversation with Kevin Galuli about Disney's plan to reopen their parks. Kevin, thank you very much for joining today. Well, thank you for having me. Would you mind introducing yourself to the audience so they can understand who you are, what you do, and your area of expertise? Absolutely. I'm originally from New York. I became a Navy officer right after I got out of college and spent about 10 years on active duty. And I went into the private sector for a bit after that. And I'm back working for the government in a civilian capacity now. Uh, I'll be married 20 years this November. We have two teenage daughters and we all love Disney, everything Disney. I've been visiting Walt Disney World for over 40 years now. I've been to Disneyland in California on multiple occasions and even have a visit to Disneyland Paris under my belt. My family are Disney Vacation Club members, and we're also Gold Castaway Club members on the Disney Cruise Line. So you can tell we really love Disney. I've been writing about all things Disney for Traveling Dad, which is part of TravelingMom.com, the largest independent family travel media property and online community uh, for the past four years now. And I'm the resident Disney expert, podcast host, and uh, travel writer. So certainly a Disney expert, I would say. Yes, absolutely. And how did this start? You say it goes back 40 years that you have been visiting Disney? Yes, I've been visiting Disney parks for about 40 years now. It's ever since I was four years old, so I'm dating myself there. But in terms of how I got started doing the actual travel advisor, travel writer thing, uh, a childhood friend was planning her first visit to Walt Disney World with her family. And prior to her visit, I helped her with dining reservations, strategies, those must-visit attractions. And then I told her that if she needed anything, that while she was there, she could just text me. So while she was at the Magic Kingdom, she wanted to know what a good spot was to watch the fireworks. And I asked her where she was and to text me a photo of her vantage point. And then I told her to move about 150 yards to the left and send me another pic. And then she later texted me photos of the fireworks and they were awesome. And when she got back, she raved about me to a coworker of hers who happened to write for TravelingMom.com. And the rest is, uh, as they say, history. That's very specific advice. So yeah, I would say you're, you're a Disney expert if you can pinpoint yeah. the exact location to watch a uh, the fireworks show. Certainly yeah. just from a photo, knowing where they are and everything. So Absolutely. well, that's great. What we wanted to provide for the listener today, there are people that are probably thinking about planning a Disney trip now that we're starting to work our way out of coronavirus. Disney has a plan to reopen. But I think it's pretty confusing. There's a lot of moving parts to it. And we'd love to get your insight into this. Can you tell us about what the current plan is to reopen the parks? Yeah, absolutely. That's a great question. And as you can imagine, the situation continues to evolve as Disney fine-tunes their plans and their processes. Uh, But that's why I'm here, right? Mm -hmm. So first of all, Walt Disney World theme parks are scheduled to begin reopening on July 11th for the Magic Kingdom and Disney's Animal Kingdom. Both will open that day. And then July 15th for Epcot and Disney's Hollywood Studios. The Disney Vacation Club properties, the resorts at the Walt Disney World Resort and Disney's Fort Wilderness Resort and Campground will begin to reopen to Disney Vacation Club members and guests, respectively, on June 22nd. 
And then the Disney Vacation properties in Vero Beach and Hilton Head will open to their members and guests on June 15th, which is actually not that far away. Um, for the Disneyland Resort in California, just to make sure we cover that just briefly, the, the opening plans and timeline were announced yesterday, actually. And uh, pending state and local government approvals, the Disneyland and Disney California Adventure plan to reopen on July 17th. Their Grand Californian Hotel and Spa, as well as the Paradise Pier Hotel, will reopen on the 23rd. And the Downtown Disney Shopping and Dining Area will reopen on July 9th. That's their current timeline, their plan to reopen. The Disney Springs Shopping Area in Florida has actually already begun reopening. Okay. So it's really staggered. It seems like it's in a few buckets like the parks and then some of the resorts, the lodging, but then each one is a little bit different as well, it seems like. Yes, very much so. And I think that has to do with them making sure that they're very deliberate now they do their reopening and making sure that the guest experience is as high quality as they can possibly provide. Right. Yeah. And for anybody that might have a trip planner is thinking about something, maybe they have a favorite place they like to go. There's certainly not a single rule to overrule the whole trip here. They really need to kind of lay out their plan and then double check to see what the specific dates are for their plan. Does that sound right? Yes. Yes, absolutely. And then what can people expect when they get to the park? What should they do to prepare for when they actually go there? Sure. So as families begin to travel, obviously health and safety are of the utmost priority. And as you can imagine, Disney is on top of that, very much on top of that because of the volume of guests that they usually see down there. First, in order to enter any of the parks, both a valid admission ticket, so that's something that's been required since they opened the parks, a ticket is required, but there's also going to be a requirement to be in possession of a reservation from a park reservation system they're introducing. Now, it's not, it's, it's brand new. It's designed to limit capacity at the parks to maximize social distancing. The, the specifics of it are not really been released yet, but Disney will be updating, you know, the public on that system as they get closer to the actual opening. Okay. So that would be selecting a a specific date that you're going to be going to the park? Correct. As well as a specific park. And that's, that's important to know because there's something called park hopping that Disney allows on certain ticket types in Florida and also in California, where you can visit multiple parks on one day. And Disney is suspending that for the time being. So guests will not be able to park hop. Now, what's unclear is whether or not you can have a reservation in multiple parks on the same day. My inclination is that it's probably not going to be able to do that. You're not going to be able to do that, but they have not yet publicized what their policy is on that yet. Okay. So Um, usually there's some flexibility. Once you have tickets, you're able to make a decision day by day about where you're going to go. And that's what's going to go away for for this. Yes. Yeah. They don't don't really sell tickets that are earmarked to the earmarked Disney uh, to individual parks. They're just an admission ticket to one particular park on a particular day, or you have the park hopper pass where you can jump between parks. I see. Um, So you say um, that's to to reduce capacity or at least limit capacity somehow. Have they indicated what that means? Are they shooting for a percentage of the usual level? Do you know anything about that? No, they have not. In, In the past, have been very guarded about what their park capacities are in terms of total numbers, even before the coronavirus. So Mm. what they plan to do in terms of the total numbers has not been publicized. Okay. So Uh, uh, ticket, obviously, they need a reservation. So that's a big change. What else can travelers expect? So secondly, face coverings will be required, not only for the cast members, the employees at the parks, but also for any guest over the age of two. So if you are visiting the parks, you will have to have some kind of face covering to visit the parks. There may be temperature screening required in some locations. They haven't been specific about where those will be, but they have said that those are possible. Additionally, 
There are some experiences that have been suspended in order to limit large gatherings and close contact. That would include parades, where obviously people line the parade route and they're trying to limit those gatherings. The fireworks shows, meeting and greeting with characters, so close contact with the characters has been suspended. Any of the makeovers uh, that they have available in Disney Springs and at the Magic Kingdom where the children can sit down and be made up like a princess at the Bibbidi Bobby Boutique. Those have been suspended because of the close contact. And then any in-park playgrounds where there's kind of all the children can gather in one place and run around. Those things mm-hmm. have also been suspended for the time being. It's too bad that's a long list of a lot of the kind of the things that you really think about when you go to Disney. And it's true. Yes. Shut down now. yes, it okay. is. It's, it, it is absolutely. Some of those are, are signature things that people think about when they think about Disney parks. Mm-hmm. So the, the next thing I would mention is for those who are staying in a Walt Disney World Resort, every room will be given an enhanced cleaning between guest days. But some of the things that they're concentrating on are like door pulls, hard surfaces, uh, room amenities such as irons and safes. They'll be all be given a thorough cleaning between uh, guest days. And then during your stay, and this is a bit of a change, uh, well, that's also a big change, but then this coming up about to talk to is also a slight change as well, where Disney is offering a light, what they call a quote, light cleaning service, including removal of trash, replenishment of towels and amenities. And that will be every other day to minimize the cast members coming into your, your room. Okay. Is that an option or is that, that's just what they're going to do? It's going to be a reduced service and really just restocking the room. That's the plan. I would imagine that if that's something that a family is not interested in, if they'd prefer that no one come in the room, I'm sure that they, that could be requested, but that okay. is the, the plan. And I would certainly encourage families to frequently visit Disney's website to review the latest policies and changes as things like this will most likely be fluid for quite a while as they determine what works and what doesn't. And back to the temperature checks really quick. You said that yeah. it sounds like they're reserving the right to do that. They're not exactly saying that they're going to be doing it. Do you have any indication about whether they will or won't be doing that? Any guess? No, I, I have not seen anything. Like I said, I've not seen anything definitive about the temperature checks. I know that the the prior CEO of Disney, Bob Iger, and the current CEO of Disney, Bob Chapik, have both mentioned it in public comments about temperature checks. But in terms of how that will be done, the mechanism, the procedure, none of that's really been publicized. They just, as you say, it looks like they're reserving the right to administer temperature checks if they put that into place. Right. Okay. And then as far as the concern of if they're limiting capacity and people are nervous about getting to the park and finding out that they've reached the limit, the reservation system should take care of that. That's the point of that system. Is that right? For the parks? Yes. Yes, absolutely. And, you know, there's there's also what people should know is that Disney has temporarily halted all new ticket sales and resort hotel reservations. And that's in order to accommodate those that had already have valid tickets and reservations that were impacted by the closure. Okay. So that that will also have an effect on capacity, as you said. I see. Yeah. So they're not even taking new reservations now. They're just trying to catch up from, from the past few months that have been canceled. Correct. Yes. So okay. anyone who has something on the books and has tickets in hand, those will the people trying to accommodate first and then expand it later in terms of new reservations. Okay. And speaking of cancellations, what in general is their policy? How are they handling that Right now, for people that have reservations and once these rules come out, they might be reconsidering whether they want to go or not. How is Disney handling that? Sure. As far as cancellation policies, Disney is currently waiving all cancellation and change fees associated with resort bookings. And that's up to the date of check-in, which is a bit of a change. It used to be further out that they required uh, and they would penalize you if the closer was to the actual date. But that is in effect for all arrivals through October 3rd of this year. 
And if no action is taken on a stay that was impacted by the closure, Disney will automatically cancel that reservation within seven days of the original check-in date and process any refund. It sounds like they're being pretty lenient with their cancellations then. They are, yeah. They have absolutely been very, as you say, lenient with changes to folks' vacation plans. If they have partially used multi-day tickets that were purchased through June 6th of this year with a valid use period from March 12th onward, so March 12th of 2020 onward, um, they're going to be automatically extended to use on any date through September of 2021. So that gives people that have something planned and they're not comfortable with the current situation, they could push it back for basically a year. Yes, absolutely. Okay. Yep. And then if you're still not able to use that partially used tickets that you have on hand by that date in September of 2021, then Disney will apply the value of the wholly unused ticket toward the purchase of a ticket for use on a future date. They're basically saying, if you can't use it, we understand, you know, we'll give you the credit towards purchasing a new ticket for another visit. Yeah, that's great to know. It's nice to be that flexible with people too, because they know that this is a pretty big change for everybody. These are pretty drastic changes that they'll have at the park. So absolutely. I'm glad they're doing that. Okay. So in general, as a Disney expert, you've yep. been there many times and you've advised many people people on how to go and have a good time. Considering all of these changes, do you have any tips you can offer to travelers so that they can still have a good time after the reopening? Sure. What I would say is they should frequently visit the website to get the latest updates on openings and policy changes. As I mentioned earlier, the situation continues to be fluid. And I personally expect more changes as the company begins to get guests back in the park and learns what works and what doesn't. The, the, you know, the parks have never operated under conditions like these, and they're bound to be delays, unforeseen cancellations, changes. And, and my advice would be be flexible. I know this is hard, but be flexible and patient. You know, have plenty of options available and a plan B in case changes happen in the middle of the vacation. You know, they're, they're Requirements for things like cast members wearing masks will also be probably be jarring for some children. And of course, families will have to do the same, which could be physically challenging down in the Florida heat. One thing that we haven't gotten to that I'd like to mention is that the state of Florida currently has a quarantine requirement for any visitor coming from New York, New Jersey, or Connecticut. And mm. right now there's a 14-day quarantine required for residents of any of those states upon arriving in Florida. And for most families, that quarantine time would take up their entire vacation. Right. So I would recommend checking Disney's website frequently to see that you know, the status of that policy and, and reading the news about Florida and making sure before they book their stay, because if they, if they have a seven-day stay and they have to be there 14 days, it's obviously they're not going to get to Walt Disney World. Right. Um, and that's a state thing. So that's not necessarily Disney right. looking into that amount of quarantine or anything like that. Correct. Yes. Okay. And there's another thing to keep in mind that is a kind of a recent happening is that Disney has made deals with the NBA and Major League Soccer to host the remainder of both leagues truncated seasons entirely within Walt Disney World. So the basketball courts at Walt Disney World will host the NBA and the soccer fields will host the MLS. And that will absolutely have an effect on resort hotel availability once new bookings are available to okay. be reserved. But you asked about what, what tips can I offer? Um, they're actually not that different from ones I would have given families before this whole coronavirus thing started. And the first of those is to set expectations among the family that things are going to be very different. You know, even before this closure and the capacity limited reopening, it was impossible to see and do everything at Walt Disney World in one visit. It's just not possible. I've been there more than 30 times over the last 40 years, and I still haven't done everything. There are, there are restaurants I haven't eaten at. There are attractions I haven't been on. It's impossible. And, and even if the park was at full capacity, there are attractions that may close for long periods without notice. It, it, it happens. Things break. Perhaps they have to clean. So certain attractions may not be available at all. 
and this may have nothing to do with coronavirus. It could be that that particular attraction is down for maintenance and it's a schedule that they keep year round that certain attractions go down for maintenance to maintain their ability to run. Probably the thing that's most heartbreaking is you're, you're not going to be able to get that family picture with Mickey or Minnie. It's not going to happen. And it stinks but it's not as bad as the parks being completely closed. So if families set those expectations up front that it, it, it may not be exactly what they thought it was going to be, you know that'll certainly make things better on the end when you actually get down there. The second thing I would say is to be patient. I know that's hard. Everyone's excited to go to Walt Disney World when they go. I know I am. But one thing is that like the FastPass Plus system, which allows for riders to make reservations on attractions beforehand and be able to skip the line, not going to be operating once they reopen. They're suspending that service. So everyone's going to be waiting on the same line. It's most likely going to be spaced apart for social distancing. So the, the wait times will be extremely hard to judge from Disney's perspective in terms of telling you how long it'll take for you to get on a certain attraction. And the attraction capacity will also be limited, obviously, because of that. So that's another thing to keep in mind. The third thing, as I mentioned earlier, was is to have a plan B. Going into each day that they're there at the resort, have a backup option in case the lines are too long or an attraction is closed. And that way you're not scrambling at the last minute to find something to do with the family. I would continue to stay up to date and frequently visit Disney's website and the smartphone app. The smartphone app is fantastic. I would bookmark the Disney Parks website as well as the Disney Parks blog websites. Most of those will release very important information when that comes out. If you're on social media, on Twitter especially, you can follow at Disney Parks, at Disney Parks News and at Walt Disney World, and those will be great sources of information for you. And last, I would recommend taking along two things. First, I would bring multiple masks for each family member. Walt Disney World in the summer, as you may know, Damien, is no joke. Uh, mm -hmm. the, temp the temperatures will be most likely in the excess of 85 to 90 degrees. It'll be very humid. And if you think your clothes will be drenched in sweat, imagine how the face covering is going to be doing. And second, I would pack some lightweight rain gear Florida during the summer is notorious for brief afternoon downpours and thunderstorms, and having that with you allow you to move through the parks, which do continue to operate in the rain. They don't stop while other guests are diving for the closest indoor shop and waiting out the rain, rain shower. So mm -hmm. the, the, those are tips I would, I would recommend. That's great. You mentioned a little bit about, I think it was the NBA booking yes. a lot of the park. They have some sort of deal yeah. and how that would affect capacity and just overall busyness. What would be your guess as far as capacity, not capacity, but attendance at the park? Do you see a lot of people moving forward with their trips, even though all of the stuff is going on? That's a great question. I, I think that of my ilk who are Disney fanatics, I don't think that any of this will stop them from continuing to visit. So I, I think pass holders, especially Florida pass holders, will continue to come to the parks. They'll probably be the first folks to come back. As far as the vacationers concerned, I think it's going to be hard to judge in terms of that type of volume because it depends on you know what the situation is in their own state. Are they comfortable flying to Florida to get you know getting on a plane and flying to Florida to visit the parks and what their situation is financially? You know, if a lot of people have been out of work during this coronavirus epidemic and maybe they can't afford to go to Walt Disney World anymore. So it's, it's going to be very, very hard to judge what the capacity is. But getting away from the negative for a second, you are someone who lives in Florida. If you are an annual pass holder, you don't have to necessarily be both of those things. But I think personally that it is a excellent time to visit the parks because of the limited capacity. If you're able to get a reservation and get into one of the parks, I think that because they will be reduced, the capacity of the parks reduced from the normal crowd sizes that one comes to expect from the parks, that it will be an opportunity to enjoy the parks in a less crowded 
fashion, if you get my drift, mm-hmm. that there'll be there'll be fewer people there. The lines, although they might be longer because of the spacing in terms of actual throughput through the ride, it might be easier to get on certain rides than it is normally. So I think personally, I think it's an opportunity if you are already in Florida to visit the parks and possibly get to experience some attractions that have been out of reach because of line times. Yeah, they would certainly have less to lose by by just giving it a shot. But it seems like it's tough to guess. It could be a case where it's very, very quiet or it's busier than people expect. Forecasting, modeling Disney crowd sizes to travelers to say, you know, this is a good day to go. This is not a good day to go. You know, both mm. both on a days of the week basis and also like annually. So, and all of those models basically are out the window. So it's impossible really to know now until they actually get up and running what, what it's going to be like. Yeah, I can see where they would play it on the safe side, the park would, as far as their all of the regulations, everything that we've talked about, and see what happens and then adjust accordingly. I would expect that they would do that. Absolutely. Well, moving away from coronavirus, I think that gives people a great understanding of what to expect when they get there. I'd love to get general advice. So try to imagine that this is not going on right now, maybe in a year or so. This is in the rearview mirror, and we're back to just regular trips. What mm-hmm. are some of your essential trips in general for Disney? I know you've covered some, but do you have any others that you would share? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, the best thing I can say is something that I always do, and I don't know that this works for everyone, but something I always do, which is have hard copies of everything. So I print out my flight reservation, my rental car reservations, my hotel reservations, my Disney dining reservation confirmation numbers. I print those all and I keep them in one of those yellow legal envelopes. Mm -hmm. And that envelope goes in the backpack that I always take on my vacations. And what that allows for is you know, maybe there's a computer hiccup or something of that nature where you're checking into something where they say, oh, we don't have you down here. And it's like, well, I have this piece of paper that shows your website and it it has my reservation number on it. And that usually helps significantly with getting those types of situations resolved. My second best tip would be be early for everything. There's nothing more stressful when you're traveling than rushing and worrying about missing a flight or reservation. And it doesn't hurt, especially when it comes to Disney dining reservations to be early. Uh, Sometimes they can seat you early. So it pays to be early. You know, this one that I, I wrote down is not necessarily overall, but it, it I think it does apply. You know, make sure you're washing your hands. You know, mm-hmm. my family and I bring hand sanitizer with us. Uh, nothing ruins a Disney trip like somebody in the family or the whole family getting sick. In fact, on this the last visit to Walt Disney World, the day before we left, my wife came down with some flu-like symptoms. So it definitely put a damper on our last day there. So something I can recommend is make sure you're keeping clean so you don't get sick while you're on your vacation. Yeah, that's a good one in, in general, for sure. And mm-hmm. you mentioned getting there early. I wanted to ask about getting to the park. Yes. I mean, in normal times, especially, obviously, I can't speak to what's going on with the reopening, but in the past, getting to the parks early is never a bad thing. Most people don't want to get up that early. And if you're there right when they unlock the turnstiles and you get in, that's much more likely that you're able to knock out the attraction, the popular attraction that, that you wanted to see and weren't sure that you'd have to spend a significant amount of time online to see. So getting to the parks early is absolutely something I recommend to folks. I would think that's one of those things that a lot of people would catch on to, but there's always the laziness factor. A lot of people just don't make it. Yeah, absolutely. And especially when folks have been there for a few days already and they're starting to wear down. It's something that I've noticed over the course of my last visits as I'm getting older, my last visits to Walt Disney World, and looking at a pedometer, especially at the, like Epcot and Animal Kingdom, which are two of the larger of the four parks, you can average eight, nine miles of walking a day at these parks. So you're going to get run down. You want to make sure that you're conservative energy. You're taking time to enjoy yourself. It is a vacation after all. 
but th- those types of things will impact whether or not you decide, you know, I'm really beat from these first two days of Walt Disney World. I'm going to sleep in tomorrow. And now you're not at the park early. So something to keep in mind there. That's great. So in planning Disney trips, what mistakes do you see people make quite often that you can help them avoid? Sure. Well, the thing I most often see is that people, as I mentioned earlier, tend to think that they can get it all squeezed in in one visit. And it's Mm -hmm. really not possible. The thing that also I tend to come across a lot is that, you know, one they, they haven't communicated amongst themselves and the family. So there haven't been any discussion beforehand on what each person of the group is looking to get out of that trip. What what thing do they have in their mind, you know, an essential or quintessential Disney experience that they want to do. And if everyone knows what everyone else is interested in before you leave, it's that much easier to make time for that. And then everyone's expectations are somewhat met. And even in these troubling times where you can't get your picture with Mickey and there's certain other things are, are suspended. If accepting that there's something else that the group decides this, I want to make sure I do this before we leave there. Then I think their overall vacation experience is better. Mm-hmm. So to combat the do it all strategy, yep. really make a prioritized list of what you want to get done. Exactly. Yeah. And and it's, I know it's a vacation and I know people are like, oh, you know, we'll figure it out when we get there and they want it to be kind of relaxed and stuff. But it, what happens more often than not is that the family doesn't have a plan and they go down there and then there are things that they discover or things that they had in mind that aren't quite what they thought. And then there's some disappointment because of that. And it's so easily avoided by doing some research beforehand on the website, looking through the attractions, things that they want to experience, things that, yeah, I could do, I could miss that and not be upset. And by doing that, and it doesn't take very long, it helps so much with increasing the level of satisfaction with their trip. A lot of trips that you can take the approach of let's just wing it, but I don't think Disney is one of them and especially Disney with kids, obviously. Because Absolutely. everything goes off the rails very quickly and everyone's yes. very unhappy when the plan is not there. Yes. And and unfortunately, you know, this is the way it goes. When the kids are unhappy, the adults are unhappy. And it goes right downhill. Yes, absolutely. And then a final question, myths and misconceptions. A lot of people probably have something in their mind that you know is just not true. Can you help debunk any sort of common Disney trip myths? That's a good question. I, I think that before this whole thing started, there were some maybe that I could have could have described. I, I guess the one that comes to mind most directly is that if you have a problem, if there's any type of problem with your stay or your experience, that Disney doesn't care. And, and that is 180 out from what is the actual truth. I've never seen a company, you know, some folks might think I'm a little biased, but I really truly have never seen a more agile company when it comes to customer service than Disney. They will absolutely bend over backwards to make things right for a guest. I'll tell you a quick story. I was down there a couple months ago with my family. It was the first time we were going to experience the new Star Wars area of Disney Hollywood Studios, which is the Galaxy's Edge. It was great. We really enjoyed ourselves. But unfortunately, on the day that we went, the Rise of the Resistance ride, which is the newest ride in the in the area, had some technical difficulties. And despite the fact that we were there at 5.30 in the morning, it didn't start accepting passengers until about 2 o'clock in the afternoon. And because 
you know, my family are Disney veterans and Disney planners. We already had reservations at Animal Kingdom in the afternoon of that day. So we were kind of bummed. We were like, we're not gonna, we're not gonna be able to ride this ride that everybody's just raving about. Mm-hmm. So we, we went to guest relations, which is at the front of the park at, at Disney Hollywood Studios, and we explained them what was going on. And they said, We're terribly sorry about this. How much longer are you gonna be with us? And we said, Well, we're leaving on Sunday. And they said, Okay. Well, they scanned our magic bands that are used uh, for many things at the parks. They said, Okay, we've scanned your bands and you can ride. Rise of the Resistance, anytime you like, between now and Sunday. Yeah, that's great. Yep, they just made it happen. And Disney's systems are set up to do that, to be, if they're saying no, it, they have tried everything in order to avoid that. And I've never experienced a situation where I've come away disappointed with Disney's customer service. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would agree. I think they've empowered their employees to really do the right thing. Obviously, they hire great and they, they train great yep. because they, they give them that freedom to just do it instead of asking for permission or wondering if they should. They just yep. let them do it. We have a similar story. We went, When my son was three or four and in the afternoon, you know, in the stroller, he's taking a nap, has a small accident. So we needed to get a new pair of pants for him. Sure. And my wife goes in, she's a little shop nearby and pops in. And I think the, the person that was in there, probably a grandmother age, the worker, and she must have just had ESP for the situation because she saw my wife looking at underwear. There was one package left. It was like a package of six. She somehow just understood the situation. And she said, oh, you know what? I'm just going to open that pack. I'll give you one pair. Do you just want one pair? She opened the package up, gave him one pair. I don't even think she charged us. And it was just a situation where she saw a parent in need in that panicky situation of what am I going to do and fixed it. And it was it was just wonderful. So I would agree. They do a fantastic job. Yep, absolutely. Kevin, thank you very much. This has been very helpful as far as the coronavirus reopening. The general chip's very helpful. I think the audience will really get a lot of value out of it. Where can people find you online? So travelingmom.com is where you can find me. You can find me. You can find Traveling Dad and tons of great information about traveling to Disney parks and signature experiences as well as destinations around the world. And make sure to visit Traveling Mom's social media pages on Facebook, on Instagram, on Pinterest. And then for me personally, I'm on Twitter as well as Instagram, and it's at Kevin Galuli. So it's just my my full name. So K-E-V-I-N-G-I-L-L-O-O-L-Y. Great. We'll link to everything in the show notes. Kevin, thanks again for joining. Thank you for having me again. This was great. I hope you have enjoyed the talk with Kevin today. You should have a much better understanding of how Disney will be reopening the parks. If you're planning a trip to Disney, or if that is anywhere on your radar, you are definitely better prepared now. I do have a favor to ask. I think this is a very helpful show, Safe Travels. Yes, I am biased, but I have heard the same thing from other listeners. The goal of the show is to help you enjoy worry-free travel, and there really aren't any other shows that do this. And I would appreciate if you help get the word out. There are several ways that you can do this. You can send an email to a friend with a link to this episode. Maybe you know somebody that's planning a trip to Disney. You can share it on social media. Same thing, tag your Disney friends. You can leave a rating and a review on your favorite podcast app. That's a big one, especially with Apple. That helps it move up the charts. I would appreciate any of this very much. Thanks again for listening and safe travels.